Andrew Trek with Labor Lines, Labor Lines, the radio show on KRFP, and Labor Lines, the podcast on Anchor FM and other platforms. Joining me today, the 13th of May, all the way from Augusta, Georgia, via the wonders of technology, is Michael Heelan. Michael Heelan's with the United Steelworkers, the Georgia AFL-CIO, and uh, Service Representatives Union for the uh, folks that work, uh, that staff, excuse me, staff representative union that uh, work directly for United Steelworkers. I hope I didn't flub that. And as a disclaimer, Michael Heelan is part of my, part of the administrative team, as am I, of Labor Lines, a Facebook group, and has been a great help in that. We're about 4,000 members now. And uh, thanks to Michael and the rest, uh, we keep it on the rails. And uh, I consider it uh, exemplary of what social media should be. People trying to talk to each other instead of just getting into arguments. So, Michael, I asked you to join me this morning to uh, talk about uh, Joe Biden's uh, 100 days of labor, is the way I'm putting it, uh, his appointments, his actions, um, what's in the pipeline that we could hope to see come out in a coherent form that uh, will support all workers in the United States and beyond. And uh, part of that, of course, we could talk about the uh, Protect the Right to Organize Act or PRO Act. But, Michael, I'm just going to leave it to you if you want to add anything to the introduction or just go right ahead and give us your take, please, on, like I say, Biden and labor. No, thank you, John. Uh, it's nice to be here. It is, uh, you have a great radio show, a great podcast. Uh, there's not a not a whole lot of labor radio out there, so what we do have, uh, we should enjoy. Make sure everybody gets to hear it. <clears throat> so, a little a little else about myself. Um, I grew up in a labor home. I think that's important. Um, my mother was a flight attendant for Eastern Airlines. So I walked the picket line with her when I was a little guy. Um, she filed a grievance in 1980 to get more maternity leave when she was out with me. So so I, I came into life filing grievances. So um, this is really my home in the labor movement. And and I love the work that I do. Um, but anyway, on on to Joe Biden. You know he's he's putting people into place, uh, putting people from the labor movement into positions. There was a, a gentleman, Jim Fredericks, who went uh, who came out of the the steel workers health and safety department and directly into the Biden administrations uh, into OSHA, which is good for us. We have people that have lived union health and safety their whole life, and then they go go to work for the government. Um, our voices are being heard. Uh, again, with Marty Walsh, I was a little little skeptical of him because of uh, you know some of his actions as mayor of Boston, but. He seems to be doing a good job at the at, as the uh, secretary of labor. Um, so <clears throat> I'm excited about him too. Uh, now, 
Yeah, Michael, I was going to say about uh, uh, Marty uh, Walsh. Yeah, he had some controversy with uh, his tenure as uh, a mayor of Boston. But, you know, you get that's kind of a tough job, I, I, I'll say for him. I was skeptical, too. Uh, but you kind of get caught in the middle. It, it's one of the tougher jobs in the United States to be mayor of any city, let alone a big city like Boston. But I saw the other day he kind of put the fear into uh, – Uber and the rest of the what I call the exploitation economy, the gig economy, by saying that uh, those folks should be uh, treated as employees and uh, uh, not as this pseudo contractor status that they've been uh, uh, put into over the decades. Yes, um, and you know here in Georgia we we worked against worker misclassification for a long time. The state of house. The state AFL-CIO has done a really good job keeping that in front of the legislature in Georgia. Um, but it, it is nice to see um, see a labor secretary that that would acknowledge it and hopefully do something about it. Well, and he's, at least he's, and he's bringing it into um, um, the public domain, you know, more discussion on it, as you will. Sometimes... Uh, uh, you see that uh, I think that, you know this serves as uh, uh, some of the best roles they can have because uh, uh, administratively, regulatorily, uh, the wheels turn slowly. But if you're out there talking about it, so I was glad to see uh, uh, Marty do that. And you know, you talk about the people Biden put in, but he also uh, kicked to the curb uh, uh, Trump's. Uh, uh, mouthpieces on the National Labor Relations Board. I think that was within two, three days of uh, Biden taking office. No, the, the first day, Peter Robb was sent back. And I don't think there could have been any stronger symbol or any stronger movement that he could have made for the labor movement. Peter Robb has, uh, you know, as general counsel for the NLRB, he is put out some terrible directives for us. Um, those have been turned around now. We're starting to be able to go back to the board to get things done. Um, <clears throat> so again, I yeah, I, I just I got, I got, I, yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I just it was it, it was good theater almost because they they were given what twenty four hours to either resign or be fired, and then he and then he went down the food chain and got rid of some more. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree. It was uh, it wasn't a symbol because it was an act, but it was certainly a great signal that uh, 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 Biden knew about these problems and the and uh, kind of hit the hit hit it running. Um, but the rest of it um, is going to take time and a lot of effort. Kind of the uh, the uh, tough work. Uh, that makes this world go round, if you will. Uh, he got the stimulus bill through, and now he's proposing some uh, major efforts that uh, we have to work hard on, excuse me, <coughs> to make sure they work for workers. Uh, but uh, the infrastructure bill and uh, is uh, probably one of them, and uh and the PRO Act, but let's, you know, the infrastructure bill is going to be uh, an interesting uh, political field, Michael. I want you to uh, comment on that because um, 
we have to, uh, we in labor have to make sure that it's going to work for all of us. If it's going to be anything, you call what you want, the Green New Deal, transition, whatever it is, but uh, it has to be all of us or none of us. No, and I agree too. And for for our union, we we're mostly uh, you know we have a lot of healthcare, some higher education, but manufacturing. Um, we've got to make sure that that they're buying American products and union made products uh, to go into this infrastructure bill. You know, we want it want it made with American steel, certainly. Uh, <clears throat> we want to make sure that that all workers uh, have, you know, in the Green New Deal, have just transition and immediate transition, so they're they're going from one job to another, not uh, not waiting to find something uh, and getting left out, as you mentioned. Uh, I agree 100 percent. And uh, the immediate transition is something I've been pushing on on uh, on Facebook because uh, both ethically, in my opinion, my judgment and politically that uh, you just can't ask uh, workers uh, to hold on and maybe something's going to come down the pike. Um, it's just going to blow up in our face. Uh, those who realize that we need both, that we have to do, respond to the changing world. Um uh, and, uh, you know, it's something that came up in the news just recently, Michael. That's kind of, I'm not throwing this on you, but you might have seen this. I know Conway with the, the president of Steelworkers got involved in this is the wind farm uh, up in uh, Massachusetts, where it's turning out that they're looking at getting the turbines from Europe. Uh, and, uh, you know, some of this... Uh, can be laid on the fact that we really uh, our national industrial policy it was uh, for the last uh, generation or more under Democratic and Republican presidents has been no policy so uh, we we have a lot of catching up to do uh, where we've abandoned so much of industrial base uh, is what what I would say uh, what's your take you know if, if we depend on politicians to save the labor movement the labor movement is not going to be saved. It can only be done by the workers, by the people. Uh, it's our job to build it. Now, we should fight like hell to push politicians to uh, make good laws for us and, and fight for the PRO Act, certainly, but uh, it's not going to be a savior. The savior is going to come from, from people like yourself and the people that listen to this podcast and working people all over coming together and standing up and demanding a more fair economy for us. Well, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it, uh, I, I was a hard sell on Biden. I see some real positive uh, notes on him. We'll see. He's obviously early into it, just past, past barely past his hundred days. Uh, so yeah, barely got going. Um, he's got a full plate in front of him. I got to say that uh, with everything that's going on now, both the United States and, and now uh, on the other side of the world, uh, the PRO Act, the Protect the Right to Organize, the most dramatic, impossible, the most dramatic effort to change labor laws since, I'm going to say, 1947, when Taft-Harley was enacted, and that was put in to uh, undermine the labor movement. Everything in the PRO Act 
in my judgment, uh, will offer the labor movement a chance to advance. Again, going back to your point, uh, they're not going to save us. We're going to have to pick it up and move it along, uh, but uh, it certainly will uh, change the battlefield, if you will. Uh, so uh, give us your take on the PRO Act. But I'll say one thing before I do that. Congratulations to Georgia and folks like you for getting in two Democratic senators from the South that co-sponsored uh, the PRO Act the moment, uh, pretty much the moment they took their oath of office. Just to speak on that for a moment, to uh, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff are not just not just Democrats. They are true progressives, and they they campaign on a progressive message here in Georgia that uh, that usually has not been the way that Democrats campaign in the South. Uh, but they came out and said who they were. People bought their message, and they've gone gone to Washington, and they're still acting as progressives even after election. So, so I'm encouraged by that, and I hope uh, other politicians in the South can see their model and carry on the same way. You don't have to be Republican-like to win here. Um, you know, Michael, let me, uh, you know, for a while there, I was uh, chair of the Democratic Party in the county I lived in, in Idaho, and that was my argument, and uh, we tried to get some uh, a member of your union, United Steelworkers, uh, uh, the miners up in Lucky Friday Mine, uh, they threw their, one of them threw their hat in to run for a state rep, and he asked me, I said, I'm not the politician or the political consultant, but it seems to me people want authenticity. Uh, they'll respect you more, in my opinion. Uh, if if you say what you stand for and not try to say what you think they want to hear. And uh, I, I think your people down there, Warnock and his, his, his compatriot there, uh, proved that, if you ask me. Yeah. And, and another thing we did, too, uh, we flipped. The last the last time the Pro Act was in Congress, uh, Lucy McBath voted against the Pro Act. Uh, this time she has sponsored the Pro Act. Uh, so completely so flat. That's encouraging too. Yeah. OK, let's once again, I'm John Andercheck. I'm speaking with what I consider a friend, uh, uh, brother, Michael Helan, calling me from Augusta, Georgia. Uh, Michael is, uh, among other things, a member of United Steelworkers, Georgia AFL-CIO, uh, born and bred uh, union. And uh, uh, we're talking, we're looked at uh, Joe Biden, uh, his start towards uh, supporting labor. And uh, and now with the PRO Act, uh, which again would be a, a give labor a better battlefield uh, to uh, kind of pick ourselves up off the dust. Uh, right now, uh, uh, it's got through the House again, um, but it is uh, sitting somewhere in the Senate, the best I can say. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I think the infrastructure bill right now has has more focus with the Senate. Um, I don't know if I don't I don't think we can get the sixty votes on the Pro Act um, unless we really hit um, some of these Republican senators. Um, We've got to got to make calls. Got to get out there. Um, 
you know, the PRO Act does some really amazing things. It gets rid of right to work for less. Uh, so we're no longer having to, our, our members are no longer having to pay for these hitchhikers that uh, don't pay dues and still reap the benefits and we still have to represent. Um, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, if you look at what the product covers, it's 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 pretty amazing, isn't it, Michael? Uh, one uh, one facet to me that's noteworthy is it will force employers to sit down to the table because, as you would know better than I, uh, you could do the best organizing effort. The workers vote uh, what they want. They want to be represented by a union, by a local. And they get certified. That's who their representatives are. And the employer just stonewalls them for uh, years and to the point where there's no contract. And they, and too often they demoralize the workers and they look through all the blood, sweat and tears, the risks they took to organize. And they, they throw up their hands and say, why was it worth it? Uh, this yeah. this PRO Act would force them to either uh, bargain in good faith or, if if I understand it correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, go to arbitration. Yeah, and then you have a, you have a contract with them the first year. There you go. Uh, whether whether it's by agreement or, or by decision of an arbitrator. You're exactly right. Uh, right, and it, it, it gives actual protection to... Uh, uh, retribution against uh, workers who are brave enough to speak out to try to organize a workplace right now. Uh, the laws protecting them are farce, in my opinion. There's, there's, uh, it doesn't cost the employer a penny, in effect, to throw someone out for their basic human right, in my opinion, human right to have an organized workplace. Yeah, and, the, and, these, and these companies don't care. I mean, they're paying these anti-union law firms, they're paying them thousands of dollars a day. Uh, so, you know, they have a small penalty when they break the law and fire somebody now. It's just the cost of doing business for them. It's interesting that to see how much businesses fear unions is the millions of dollars they spend every year nationwide opposing uh, their worst place getting organizing. They, they spend more money uh, trying to prevent uh, organized workplace than it would cost them in a fair and decent uh, uh, agreement with their workers. And, it, and it's not generally about money. I mean, you know, they have the money to pay better wages um, because they they pay it in fighting the fighting to have the union there. It's about the respect that they don't want to give. It's about uh, you know they don't want to give away their authority to the workforce. They want to uh, they want to tell you what to do, and they want you to be a good little soldier and go do it. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Rule their kingdom. So. Uh, Michael Healan, so we're hoping to get that PRO Act. Uh, like you say, it's going to be an uphill battle because, um, uh, we, you know, the, the uh, protocols of the Senate, the filibuster, um, uh, I think we did get something along uh, the right path by getting Joe Manchin to co-sponsor it, if I have that correctly, a Democratic senator from West Virginia, uh, but he was kind of in the weeds on this for a while. Uh, but so much of it's going to be what goes behind the scenes uh, and to make sure it doesn't get weakened if we do get it moved along at all. Yeah, I mean, look, if we could get rid of um, Christian Cinema and, and Joe Manchin, we would have the pro act uh, because we'd get rid of the filibuster. Um, 
Right, right. It's your, yes, so, Michael Healan, you give me your time this morning. I appreciate it. But once again, uh, uh, you've proven down in Georgia that if you get out there, uh, uh, move the world wagon up the hill, as I put it, uh, things can happen. We don't always, uh, uh, you know, it, no, no win-loss column is uh, perfect, uh, but, uh, I, you know, people like you have proven that uh, labor never gets defeated in the end. So uh, uh, I'll let you go this morning, but uh, but uh, any last words here? No, just thank you for what you do uh, to all the listeners out there. Keep fighting, and, and uh, well, the workers will always win. We just have to we have to keep fighting. It, the, 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 the fate of the workers is in the workers' hands, brother. Michael Healan, God bless you. And uh, uh, I think I threatened you once. I got family in Savannah, so one of these days I'm going to show up at your door and we'll go out for a beer. You're always well. Okay, brother. Take care. God bless. Thank 